When all I feel is fear inside, I don't wanna open up my eyes. Lord, I know I'm nothing at all. When I'd rather do anything than open up my mouth and speak, deep in my heart I hear you call. And silence is the warmest place to hide. Would you give me courage and bless the words of this speaking Happy spring break to all of you guys that may be in the middle of spring break like we are. This podcast is kind of inspired by the fact that we're in spring break. I hope that wherever you are, you're experiencing really good weather and you're able to let your little ones run outside and get some energy out and everyone not be cooped up in the house all the time. But today I wanted to talk just a little bit about kind of feeling like that you are training someone that you're trying to train your children to have good character and to be obedient, all these different things that we do as moms, but also feeling like you're kind of in training while you're doing that. That can be really, really difficult. I've been talking to several different people lately about feeling like that you're you're wanting to pass on a little bit of different of a different legacy to your children, maybe teach them some things that you weren't taught yourself. And I'm sorry if my voice sounds a little bit raspy. I'm recording this pretty late in the evening. The kids have finally gone to bed, so I've got some quiet time. But um, I feel like that there are a lot of things that I wish I would have known when I was younger to kind of have the tools to cope with life a little bit better and not feel like I've been in training so much while I was trying to train my children. And that can kind of give you a feeling of being overwhelmed and defeated before you've even begun because you don't feel like you have the proper tools to pass down to your children because you're still trying to learn so many different things yourself. And that can apply to so many different facets of life. As a as a mom and as a wife, it applies to a lot of areas as far as cleaning and organization and not getting overwhelmed just by basic small tasks and kind of seeing things in bite-sized portions, being able to handle them. And it definitely applies to my attitude when I'm interacting with my children and the way that I handle frustrating moments or the way that I handle teaching moments, which basically when you're a parent, every moment is a teaching moment. But I wanted to talk a little bit about some things that I feel like that I've learned. And most of the things that I've learned, I feel like have all been the hard way. But just talking about being able to train your children while you're in training yourself in all of these different areas. And I have a lot of friends that their parents passed down a lot of really wonderful things to them. They gave them the tools and training that they needed in so many areas. And if you're already in that category, I hope this doesn't just bore you to tears. But there are also a lot of people that I've spoken with that feel like they're in such a constant state of learning or relearning how to handle life themselves that it's overwhelming trying to teach children as well when you're trying to readjust and really relearn. Like I said, we always revert to what we know. We revert to what we are comfortable with, whether it's the safe thing or the healthy thing. It's what we know, so it's what is most 
safe feeling to us. We don't have to relearn anything. We don't have to adjust our attitudes. We don't have to have the growing pains of trying something new or even taking a good look at ourselves and realizing that maybe our first impulse, our first way that we want to react to a situation is not okay. It's easier to just say, well, this is just who I am and not really change anything. But if we want to give our children the successful habits to get through life, then we have to be willing to look at ourselves and see what we might be passing down to them that is kind of just something built into us that we've always done that it needs a major readjustment. And that's been a really difficult thing for me to learn. But one of the things that I'm not very good at that I've had to practice is setting attainable goals for my kids. Because when I was growing up, it was a lot easier to have a situation where I would feel like there was no way for me to win. I would constantly feel like that. I, I would be trying as hard as I could, but I was never actually going to succeed or be successful in any given situation. And I've got all boys, as y'all know, I've, I've mentioned several times, and especially with boys, they cannot be constantly forced into a situation where they can't win. And so setting attainable goals for your children that are appropriate to the stage of life that they're at is something that is really difficult for me that I have to remind myself of constantly. We can't have a situation where we are constantly moving the finish line with a task that we've given them or an expectation that we have on them. We can't have a situation where we've done a little bit of the the donkey and the carrot thing that we've all seen pictures of where the farmer has the carrot on a string and it's attached to a stick that is tied to the back of the donkey behind its head. So this donkey is always moving towards this carrot, but never actually attaining the goal of getting to eat the carrot. And when you do that to kids, at least speaking from my own experience, it's easy to develop an attitude of, well, then why would I even bother? You just kind of develop a give up attitude because you know you're never ever going to actually be good enough or you're never going to be successful. You're just going to constantly be chasing. And when you do that to your children, they carry that into their adulthood with them. And that's something that I struggle with a lot is feeling like I will constantly be running towards something and never feel like I've accomplished something. It's very hard for me to stop and take a deep breath and see anything that has actually been accomplished because I'm in this constant state of moving towards the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And if I'm not careful, I'll pass that down to my children when I give them a task. And instead of when they come to the end of the the task they were given, recognizing that and bragging on them or applauding them for their success in that department, I will just automatically move to the next thing that they need to do. And you start to live in this just constant state of running, like I said. And so if we want to not give our children this attitude of why would I even try because I'll never be successful, there will never be a finish line, then we have to be willing to kind of adjust our sights on what we want them to be working towards at the stage of life that they're in. 
So as much as we would love it, if our children would just automatically know what to do and just intuitively see a situation and see the things that they need to do to accomplish something, 90% of the time your child is not going to be able to do that. And it doesn't matter if it's a situation outside of your home or in your home with schoolwork, with a personal relationship, whatever it is, they are not born with the automatic knowledge of what they should do in each situation that is what we're for that's what we are for so if we are not willing to stop and give them the tools in this situation they're going to constantly feel like a failure in this situation and circumstances that they're in so we have to first of all recognize what situation they're in and help to give them the steps to take towards being successful at the end of that situation and this is something that I've really struggled with. Another thing is that there's a difference between training for excellence and constantly leaving your child feeling like that they'll never be good enough. Um, we're in a situation right now where we have three boys in the house. Things are going to be messy sometimes. Things are going to be chaotic most of the time. And I'm trying to train them to know how to do chores around the house and to step in and get things accomplished. But if I demand that they do things at my level or at what I want things to look like, if I demand that all the time, it's going to be too much. It's going to be overwhelming. And so I have to adjust my my expectations based on what age I'm dealing with at the moment. My 11-year-old can do several things extremely well because we've started out very slowly and moved towards them as I've tried to do it in an attainable way. I, I don't think I've excelled at that all the time. But my four-year-old right now is folding the towels. That's one of his jobs right now. And, of course, that's kind of a jo going joke with moms is that we want our towels to look just so-so. And it's easy to be extremely demanding and stressed out over towels. And whenever you think about that in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty ridiculous. But it will drive us crazy if we walk by and things are not just right. If the towels are not folded and stacked just right, it can drive us crazy. And I've had to really take a deep breath and accept his best at the stage that he's in. I sat down with him and I show him again almost every time that we sat down to fold towels. I sit down and show him again what the right way is to do it and then I let him do it. And I have to take a deep breath when he piles them all a little bit haphazardly in the place that they go. And I have to realize that he did his best and I have to praise him for doing his best. Because then the next time he's going to try again and he's going to slowly get better and better and better. I do not, this is something that you don't have to do this way, this is something that everyone handles a little bit differently, but I do not go behind them and redo the work that they've done. I don't do that, and the reason for that is when he walks by, I want him to remember that he did that and be proud of what he did accomplish, and so I don't go behind them and undo it and fix it and make it look just right, and that's taken a lot of effort on my part in controlling, you know, I'm not going to go back and, and redo all of this because they will notice if I go back and I change it, they'll notice. And I want them to know that I'm proud of them for what they did and for the effort that they had involved in that. They, they did the best that they could for the stage that they're at. I don't want them to constantly feel like they're never going to be good enough. Whenever you're dealing with multiple children, every child is going to have 
their strengths and their weaknesses. And so you have to be ready to talk about their strengths and magnify their strengths and really brag about their strengths and be training them in the areas where they might have a little bit more of a weakness without beating them over the head that they're not especially good in this area. So as a parent, I'm constantly looking for opportunities for them to be able to exercise those things that they might be weaker in. So if I have a child that has issues with seeing a problem and seeing it in bite-sized portions to be able to tackle the issue, I have to give them these opportunities to do this. And I will offer small suggestions here and there, but I will do my best to step back and see how they're gonna handle the situation. And maybe offer one small suggestion and then stop and walk away and let them work the process. And it's not hardly ever gonna turn out exactly like I want it to. They're probably not gonna solve the problem exactly like I would. But if they do it my way every time, then they're not learning how to use their own reasoning and how to problem solve for themselves. And again, these are all things that I struggle with so much that I'm trying to learn all the time. But one of the things that I have to re recognize is the fact that I'm not the only one who has a bad day. That's really difficult because really it would be better in my mind just being purely selfish if my kids just woke up and did everything exactly like I wanted them to and they did it with a smile on their face and we didn't, did not deal with any issues, but that's not going to happen. Sometimes they're having a bad day, whether it's at school or with their sibling or just feeling tired because we've ran all week, whatever the case may be. And so I have to recognize that if I want grace while I'm having an emotional day, or while I'm having a worn out day, then I need to be ready to give that to my kids. And that's a place I'm constantly working on because I'm not good at that at all. And I know I've mentioned it before, but my dad said something about parenting one time that's always stuck with me. And he said, never discipline your child just because they've embarrassed you. And that's something that it can be a very knee jerk reaction whenever we're in a situation because it hurts our ego, it hurts our pride. And instead of being focused on the fact that they've embarrassed us, we need to be focused on their character. And the discipline that we are implementing needs to be focused on making them better humans and more responsible, more diligent, more faithful, whatever character traits that we wanna see grow in them, that's what the discipline needs to be based on instead of just the fact that they've made us look silly in front of our friends or in a large store or whatever it is. We shouldn't discipline them just because that they've embarrassed us, but because we want their character to grow in the situation. And, and for that to happen, there's gonna have to be training involved and not just reprimanding, but going over the situation and saying, okay, this is what happened. What can we do differently next time? So before we take action, we need to think about what they might need. Have they just been completely exhausted? Do they need a nap? Are they hungry? Has, has it been a long time since they've had a snack or since they've eaten anything good? Are they overstimulated? Have you constantly been in a situation where it's been noisy and overwhelming? And we get to those places as adults where we're like, I just need a minute. But our children don't have the ability to tell us that that is what they're feeling. And so the number one thing that's gonna happen is anger. They're gonna instantly be angry because they're confused about the emotions that they're feeling. So they're frustrated 
about the emotion and they don't know how to say, Mom, I'm feeling very overstimulated by the fact that we've gone to five stores today and it's been noisy and I haven't been comfortable and I've had to be still and I've had to be quiet and I'm, I'm feeling very overwhelmed and I'm going to have a meltdown. They can't say that to us. They don't know how. So when they're feeling those emotions, 90% of the time, the only emotion that we're going to see is anger because when you're confused or when you're frustrated by things that you don't understand, it's always going to revert back to anger because anger is something that gives you this fire to move forward and it gives you kind of this passionate response to what's happening whenever admitting that you feel scared or admitting that you feel hurt makes you feel vulnerable. Anger doesn't make you feel vulnerable. So what we're going to see out of them most of the time is an angry reaction. We're going to see a fit or a meltdown of some kind because they don't know how to say what they're actually feeling. So in that moment, that's when training is supposed to kick in. And that's when we have to remember that we are the ones that understand. They don't understand why they're feeling that way. They don't understand what to do with what they're feeling. They don't understand how to tell us what they're feeling. So we have to be the one to say, are you tired? Help them identify what's going on and then help them understand what we're going to do to fix the problem. We are the ones that are supposed to be providing them the tools to get through life. And that's why I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that if you're in the position of not feeling like you've received the training that you needed and then you're trying to train your child, that can be very overwhelming. Because sometimes if you did not receive that training, then you don't know what to do with the situation. And that's where we have to take a moment and think about what can we do differently than what we're doing right now? How can we handle the situation differently? If you had not received that training, then it's not going to just come to you naturally to think, oh, maybe my toddler's hungry. Maybe my toddler's tired. Maybe they're feeling overwhelmed. You haven't had that training either. So it can be overwhelming when you're training while you're training. That's something that I struggle with a lot. So whenever we are trying to train them on their emotions, it's helped me to remember that I need to train them on what to do with their emotions, not just punish them for having their emotions. But I wanted to, you know, I always try to give some helpful tips whenever I'm trying to wrap up a topic because I don't want you to feel like I'm just droning on and on talking about it and not actually giving any helpful advice on it. But whenever we're going somewhere, some things that I've found that have really helped is to plan ahead as often as possible. You're not going to be able to do that always, but especially if you have a small child, you need to bring atmosphere-appropriate toys or distractions. If you're going to a place where they need to be quiet, then you bring the quietest toys that they have. If it's stuffed animals or if it's coloring books, whatever it is, you bring snacks for them. Make sure you bring their blanket if they have one that, that makes them feel more comfortable and more at ease. If you're able to plan ahead in those areas, that really helps. And to tell them what's about to happen. You know, we are about to go into this store. There's going to be a lot of people. Everybody's going to be everywhere. It's going to be really noisy, but I'm going to be right here with you. And I need you to stay right here with me. And if you tell them what you're expecting out of them when you get into the situation. So you tell them what's about to happen. Tell them what you expect out of them. And they're not going to get it right away. 
that's why it's called training. So when you say, I know you're going to feel overwhelmed and it's going to be loud and noisy and I need you to not yell just because you feel loud and or because you feel overwhelmed by the loudness and the noise. Since you are the adult in this situation, you can see the possible scenarios that may happen, the possible outcomes by all of the different things just simply based on what you would be feeling or responding to in the situation. And you can teach them in those moments by just talking to them about it every time how they can handle it in the future. This is something we do almost every time before we get out of the vehicle. I do not do it as we're walking in where they're distracted by the things that they're seeing and hearing and all of that. Before we get out of the vehicle, I will say, okay, we're walking into a restaurant. What voices do we use in the restaurant? How do we behave while we're in the restaurant? Are we loud? Are we supposed to scream? Are we supposed to sit quietly? Are we supposed to throw our food? <laughs> Are we supposed to chew with our mouth closed? Are we supposed to talk politely and say thank you? You know, we don't spend 30 minutes. We'll do a little brief 30 second. Okay, we're running into the restaurant. How are we supposed to behave? And normally I'll pause and let them holler out what they think the appropriate behavior is. And then if there's something to be corrected, then I can do it then instead of while we're in the moment that's so loud and so chaotic. But since we can see the different scenarios that might happen, we can set them up for success when we go to head into these situations. And one of the best things you can do is when you've left the situation, you can talk about how it went. If there was something that didn't go so great, you could talk about that. But the first thing we need to work on is praising them for what did go right. Even if it was very small, we need to take a moment to focus on what they did do right and actually praise them for that before we instantly move into what they did wrong so that they know that we have recognized that they are trying, that they are putting forth some effort because then they're going to not feel like that this is just a hopeless situation where they can't win. That's something that I struggle with so much, and I know I've already said it, but I struggle so much with feeling like I'm never actually succeeding. And the more I've gone back and tried to figure out exactly why I feel that way, the more I've seen that I just wasn't given the tools to recognize the small victories in situations. And so I want to pass that on to my kids. I want to pass on the ability to take a deep breath and say, well, it might not have gone perfectly, but let's recognize what did go well and we'll move forward and the next time will be even better. So I hope this has not bored y'all to tears. You've probably heard my husband coming in and out of the room a couple of times. The, we are having a lot of fun on spring break and that does not afford a lot of super quiet moments to record podcast episodes. But I hope y'all have had a wonderful week. I hope you continue to have a great week and I'm planning on talking to you again next week. Have a good day.